everybody, I'm Maria Campbell. Welcome back to the latest episode of our new storytelling series on KCSN, where you hear the highs. It's been a good journey. The lows. The last six years trying to get to this point, and now it's all over. And the untold. You know, that gets forgotten. From the greatest players to ever put on a Chiefs uniform through the eyes of those who lived it. This is my story, narrated by Super Bowl champion, two-time pro bowler, and legendary Chiefs quarterback, Trent Green. So my football journey started in seventh grade. I, uh, my parents, this is long before the concussion stuff became an issue. Um, they just were, they just thought seventh grade, which is around 12 years old, uh, is about the time that you could probably handle playing tackle football. So uh, I was a basketball guy growing up. I was mainly basketball. I did tons and tons of basketball and that's what I always wanted to do. I had an older brother two years older they didn't let him start playing football till seventh grade also um we always the two of us would beat each other up in the yard and the neighborhood kids and play a lot of pickup football and that kind of thing but as far as organized football didn't start until seventh grade Uh, because it was my first year playing tackle uh in st louis growing up uh they had divisions so it was a heavy division or a light division um so i went with the light division because i didn't had no idea like what I was doing. Um, because I played in the light division, I was the biggest kid on the team. So I played offensive line. So my first year playing organized football, I was the starting left tackle and the starting free safety, which is a really strange combination. But I was athletic enough, they wanted me on the back end and then I was big enough, they wanted me on the offense. So I was a left tackle and a free safety. Uh, my second year in eighth grade, I played uh, wide receiver and free safety. Uh, I went up and played heavies my 13 year, just bigger kids and start getting ready for high school. Um, my brother, two years older, was was a wide receiver defensive end, so I kind of wanted to emulate him um, in terms of what he played. Um, and in eighth grade, the starting quarterback broke his collarbone. The coach... We had no backup. It wasn't like there was that many kids where we had backups at all the different positions. So the coach is like, who, you know, who wants to play quarterback? Well, I had no interest in playing quarterback. Um, I had never played quarterback other than in the yard with my brother because he's older. He's like, you're throwing to me. I didn't really have a choice because he's older brother. Um, so my dad and my brother went to the head coach without me knowing and said, you need to play him at quarterback. And they're like, well, he doesn't want to play quarterback. We just need to find someone that can play quarterback. And they're like, well, he's always thrown to him like in the yard and he can throw. I mean, um, he just, you guys just don't know it. Uh, And so they went and told this. So the coach comes up to me and he goes, okay, we need to find someone to play quarterback. Uh, I need Trent and whoever else wants to try out for quarterback, go over there and everybody else go over there. And, uh, and I look at him, I go, I don't want to play quarterback. And he goes, you, you will, evidently you are, because I hear you can throw. Then once I started playing it, I never wanted to play any other position. Um, although I did really like free safety, but uh, that was the hitting part I wanted to get into. Uh, so football-wise, I uh, didn't start playing quarterback until about halfway through my eighth grade year. Freshman year, I played freshman ball. Uh, sophomore year, I was fortunate enough uh, to start on varsity. My brother was a senior, so I tell people all the time, even though I went on and and had a long career in the NFL, probably my most memorable year was that sophomore year of high school um, because we got to play together. Um, We had a really good team. Um, The green to green connection was like the big thing in St. Louis that they talked about in the the high school area. So it was was kind of a big deal Uh, for the two of us, for our family. I was fortunate enough to make uh, to start on varsity in basketball too. So we had we 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 had football and basketball together, um, you know. So that was a really cool year for us. Um, I still thought I wanted to play basketball because basketball was like my passion. Uh, I was recruited by some smaller D1 schools, but um, basketball was what I'd always done. 
that sophomore year, like I said, we were we were pretty good, uh, and I started getting recruited by a ton of schools at the time. I guess is the Big Eight and the Big Ten, um, some SEC schools. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I guess this is I'm going to have more opportunities going football wise. in Iowa. Uh, dad went to the University of Iowa. Uh, family had season tickets to the University of Iowa. Iowa had uh, Kirk Ferentz, who's now the head coach at Iowa. Um, he was recruiting our school because he was the offensive line coach under Hayden Fry. Uh, so he recruited our school. He got my sophomore year, he got one of my linemen uh, to commit to Iowa. My junior year, he got one of my linemen to commit to Iowa. My senior year, I was going to Iowa. They had they had like six, seven quarterbacks at the time. Uh, so he said, I'm, I'm, unbelievably, we're not going to be able to, to offer you a, a scholarship. Because that was about the layup of all layups uh, for me to commit there. Um, just because I was from there and went to tons of games and camps and everything else. Uh, so it didn't it didn't work out. And and I was looking at other Big Ten schools. So Indiana and Illinois, Indiana was was kind of an up and coming program at the time. Uh, the year right, the year before I got there, they finished second in the Big Ten. Bill Mallory was a coach that had been like third, fourth year at the school. Uh, Illinois had Mike White that was there, so it was kind of that was close. Uh, Illinois at the time was kind of a quarterback factory. Mike was producing a lot of NFL quarterbacks. Uh, they ran more of a pro pro style system. I was leaning more towards Illinois, but I really liked Indiana because I liked the coaches, I liked the offense. Uh, I was knew I was going to be a business major. Uh, I did not have, I shouldn't say I didn't have aspirations of being in the NFL, but it wasn't like my, I'm going to this school because I have the best opportunity to get in the NFL. Uh, for me, it was uh, getting a free education. I mean, it was, you know, we didn't, it's not that we, it's not that we were poor. We weren't, I mean, we were like just middle class. My parents just kind of made things work. They both worked. Um, it wasn't like we never really grown up. Did I feel like we needed stuff, but it wasn't like we had like a lavish lifestyle by any means. I mean, most of our vacations were camping, canoeing, hiking, outdoor kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't like big resort trips and stuff like that. That's just not the way I grew up. And so uh, I was just happy somebody was going to pay for my school because I knew my parents didn't have the money to, to pay for my school. And so uh, getting an opportunity and, um, so that's that's what I was excited about, and if the football thing worked out, that was that was a bonus. Uh, so it came down to Indiana and Illinois. Uh, Notre Dame got in the mix late because there were some guys that they wanted, and then fell through. They ended up not being able to get them. Um, so I took a late visit to Notre Dame, um, and and ended up picking Indiana over over the other two. Freshman year, I was a red shirt, so I didn't play. Um, in my sophomore year, I was kind of in between the second and the third. Um, that was one of the advantages going to Indiana. The, the guy that was the starting quarterback I knew had two years of eligibility left, so I was like, okay, if I play my cards right here, I can you know be the third, be the backup, then start for three years. And and so my second year, I was the backup. Uh, in between, well, it was me and one other guy, but the other guy was like a fifth-year senior. And he was also, you know, playing some other positions and stuff like that. So, but then that year I hurt my back really bad. Uh, they weren't really sure what it was. Uh, it was just kind of a scary, I did it in the weight room and just, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so yeah, I hurt my back really bad. I ended up staying and playing, um, but it was one of those things. It's like, well, you can have the surgery, but you're done playing football or you can try and rehab and get through it I said well that that's that's a no-brainer that's an that's an easy choice I'll just see if I can get through it so I uh, wore a brace for about six months um, I was able to get through the season but because I because I was the backup it wasn't like I was required to do a bunch of stuff so a lot of rehab every day and just trying to get through it and then once the season ended I took like three months where I did nothing they wouldn't let me do anything just to try and let my back calm down and then uh, and then Fortunately, then you just start the rehab process and work your way back through and you kind of learn what you can and you can't do. And so 
So made it through. Um, and so, yeah, going into that next year, I ended up uh, earning the starting job in training camp. So my third year, my redshirt sophomore year uh, started. Um, we were four, two and one. Had just gotten uh, punched in the mouth by Michigan, and uh, and they said they were they said they were benching me. So uh, I was like, well, wait a second, what do you what do you? We're we were at that point we were tied for a second in the Big Ten. We had tied Ohio State. We lost to Michigan. Um, uh, we'd beaten Kentucky. Um, you know, yeah, like I said, we were we were fortunate. I, I still anyway. So they. <laughs> They ended up, uh, they, they wanted to go with the other quarterback, and they told me it was because he was more mobile. Our offensive line wasn't, wasn't great at that time. Uh, so they wanted the other guy that was more mobile, could run around more, and they wanted to go more of like an op- option offense, and which really wasn't my style. Um, so during that four-game stretch where I was benched, um, that's when I happened to meet my wife. Who's still my wife now? Who is? Uh, uh, we will be celebrating uh, 30 years married here uh, coming up in February. So um, she likes to say that uh, she was the the good luck charm to kind of to kind of get me through being uh, benched. But um, yeah, so she's been there through all this stuff. So I was benched at the time that we met, and then uh, and then at the end of the season, we uh, we ended up qualifying or, or, or getting into the peach bowl. And, uh, and so the coach goes, he brings, he brings both of me, the, the other quarterback and myself, he brings us both into the meeting. He's like, I don't think either one of you are playing worth a squat, I guess is the nicest way I can say it. I don't think either one of you are playing. So for the next month, we're just going to have open tryouts to see, and I'll decide at the end of it before we head down to Atlanta for the peach bowl, I'll decide at the end of it who the who the starter is going to be because right now I don't like either of you. <laughs> that wasn't real encouraging, um, but yeah. So over the course of the next month, I ended up winning the job. Uh, I had a really good Peach Bowl. Uh, we nearly pulled it out at the end. Um, uh, lost it on late fourth fourth down fourth quarter deal uh, that I won't bore you guys with on that story. But uh, but anyway, I played well enough. So for the next year, going into my fourth year, my redshirt junior year, uh, I was named the starter, and we had a uh, an All American running back at the time, Vaughn Dunbar, who ended up going in the first round to the uh, to the Saints, uh, and we had a really good offensive line that year, my junior year. We had a, a very senior dominate offensive line, and we. Uh, so we had a good team and, and we played well and uh, I put up some, we went from a two back kind of uh, old school one and two tight end sets with the tight end, or I mean with the fullback, I mean two backs, two tight ends, you know, we did a lot of that type stuff. Um, Vaughn, unbeknownst to me, I just found this out recently in the last five years, uh, Vaughn had gone to the coaches and said, I, I prefer not having a fullback in front of me. I prefer you know, um, being able to see better and like not have to follow like kind of, you know. So that was just the style he liked. So here I thought the coaches wanted to go to a one back system with three wide receivers and one tight end because, you know, they saw some promise in me as a thrower. Uh, but like I said, I just found out in the last couple of years that uh, they changed the offense because Vaughn, Vaughn had gone to him and said, I prefer a one back. So uh, I have not seen Vaughn since I found out this information, but uh, I really need to thank him for, uh, for that uh, because I was able to put up some, uh, some big numbers that year and set some school records and kind of got on the map, the NFL radar. Um, senior year did not go as well. Vaughn graduated and all those senior offensive linemen graduated. So uh, the senior year was, was, was just okay. We were like 500, didn't make a bowl game. I got beat up a bunch. Going into the draft process, the combine, all that, they had said that kind of a middle round guy, so I was thinking maybe like third to fifth. There was a group of us that year. Um, this was the first year that the rookie salary cap was in place, so they weren't sure how they were going to, at least from what I was told, they weren't sure how they are going to draft quarterbacks and, and piece everybody together. Uh, the top guys, uh, Drew Bledsoe was the number one overall pick in 1993. Rick Meyer, um, who was a year younger than me but didn't redshirt, he was at Notre Dame. He went number two overall. And then uh, 
And then there's a, a bunch of us kind of lumped together in the middle, and they weren't really sure how it was gonna how it was gonna play out. Um, like I said, because of the rookie, they're like, okay, if you're gonna have a developed quarterback, then so anyway, uh, there were eight of us that got drafted in that draft class, um, and in the final round, it was uh, Alex Van Pelt from Pittsburgh, Elvis Gerbach from Michigan, and then and then I was the last one drafted, um, a couple picks. Uh, from the end, almost Mr. Irrelevant, um, but uh, but not quite. So San Diego, um, they're the ones that uh, that picked me up, and so it started off there, which was you know exciting for a kid growing up in the Midwest and uh, getting an opportunity to to go out to California. I'd never been out there, and let alone San Diego. The San Diego Chargers are in the playoffs for the first time in a decade. They were a really good team the year before. They had uh, made the playoffs, and a lot of a lot of people were projecting them to go to the Super Bowl and, and that kind of thing. So I was like, well, this is a, this is an opportunity. I knew there was some some competition for the third quarterback spot. Um, there wasn't pressure to be a starter because I was the 222nd pick. That's not, there wasn't a lot of pressure there. So it was just more the pressure of making the team. So, yeah, I went out there. Uh, you know, that first year, didn't play. Just got to learn about the system, about the NFL, about the way things were done. Uh we were, my wife and I uh, were engaged, we got engaged our senior year of college. So then my rookie year, you know, we were, we were engaged that whole rookie year. And then we got married right after the rookie year because I was like, well, what's the first weekend after the Super Bowl? If the Chargers are picked to be a Super Bowl favorite, then we can't, we, the first weekend, because um, everybody's like, well, why didn't you pick uh, Valentine's Day or something? I'm like, I just picked whatever the first weekend was after the Super Bowl. We both did. It wasn't like, you know, so. Uh, so yeah, we got married in, in February. So we went through that year, uh, got married, moved all of our stuff out, had a little apartment there and I went into training camp and long story short, ended up getting cut, which was kind of a shock to, to, to me. I thought I'd been doing okay. I thought I'd been doing everything they asked me to do. Um, I learned quickly that the NFL isn't always fair. having a job or any kind of income and it's not like a eighth round third string quarterback made a lot my rookie year so I was like well we're gonna burn through the savings fast if we stay here so we ended up moving back to Indiana first I had a conversation with my wife I said okay do, do we keep trying this um, she had her degree in education she was a high school teacher I had my degree in business it's like okay gave it a shot do we just move on and whatever we're supposed to do other than sports. Uh, she knew I wanted to keep playing, so she encouraged me to keep trying, and I and, and I did want to keep trying. Um, but we were like, you know what? Why don't, we, why don't we just keep trying, and if we get into a camp, at least you can, you know, you're not going to be 40 and say, oh, I wish I'd given it one more shot. So we, we, were, in, we were in agreement we'd give it another shot, um, at least get into another camp, and if I made it, great, we'd keep rolling, and if not, then find something else to do. Move on with life. Um, so we moved back to Indiana. Uh, I just went to the facility because the Indiana coaching staff was like, you can come here. There's scouts coming through all the time. You can you can, you can can hang out here. And, and uh, so that's what I did. I would go in every day. Um, I was like a volunteer coach. I would help, I would help a little bit, but I wasn't like completely involved. Um, I would sit in on some meetings. I thought maybe this playing thing didn't work out. Maybe I'd get into coaching. I, you know, there were just a lot of, at that time I was you know, 24 years old and not really sure what I wanted to do if, if I wasn't going to be playing. So, uh, plus the opportunity is anytime the scouts would come through, I would say, hey, can I sit in and watch film with you? Hey, can I throw for you? Hey, is there, you know, any questions I can answer? You know, I was, it was like I was sitting there like forcing my resume upon every scout that came in. Finally, there was, at the time, they're called the Washington Redskins, now they're the commanders, but one of the Washington scouts came through, and so I sat down and watched tape with him and kind of explained to him. And uh, and there were a number of other teams that I did the same thing for. Uh, and then eventually, you know, when that, uh, I got called to Canada, so I went to the BC Lions up in Vancouver. Uh, Canadian rules are a little bit different. 
like I went up there for a week, but I wasn't signed. I just like practiced with them for a week and, and did like a tryout. And finally I was like, okay, are you signing me or not signing me? I've got a wife back in Indiana and I'm living in a hotel and, and, in Vancouver. And, and so they said, well, we're, we're not going to sign you now. And I was like, all right, then I'm, then I'm, I've got to go, <laughs> I got to go home. Um, sure enough, a week later, the starting quarterback hurt his shoulder. The backup was going to now start. So they wanted me to come up and be the backup to the backup. So I ended up signing there. I was there. They, and they told me, they go, you may be here three weeks. You may be here through the rest of the season. So I went up and uh, was there three weeks, dressed for two games. Right when the playoffs started, the starting quarterback came back and, uh, and I got released um, and then went back home. And it was just kind of a weird time because I would, you know, that whole season when I was, when we were back living in Bloomington, you know, there was no direct TV. There was, um, or at least there wasn't like the Sunday ticket where you could like watch all the games. So you had to go to like a sports bar to, to watch all the games. So that's what my Sundays were. I would go and my wife didn't care to go watch a bunch of games. So she, I would go sit at sports. And, I'm, and this sounds really morbid and I feel bad about it, but I would go to just, find out if anybody got hurt. I mean, I was looking to see, because if somebody got hurt, I'd call my agent and say, hey, this quarterback got hurt. You know, see if they need a practice squad guy. See if they need something. Uh, so I did that throughout that whole season, except for those few weeks I was in Canada. And then when the season ended, uh, there were a few teams that were interested. Um, and But they all were kind of with an asterisk. They're like, well, maybe, but it kind of depends on what we have. And, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, Washington at the time... Uh, Norv, Norv Turner was the head coach. Norv had actually worked me out at Indiana when I was coming out of college. He was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He came in to work me out, and and it was now the head coach in Washington. Uh, his quarterback coach was Cam Cameron. Uh, Cam was uh, played football and basketball at Indiana, was a wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator for Michigan when we played Michigan, uh, and he remembered some of the good games I had against Michigan, so... Um, so anyway, just he was there in Washington. He worked me out. Um, they ended up signing me to be the third. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was, you know, rolling along. They brought in a couple other guys. I beat them out in the spring. They brought in another guy to bring um, in for training camp. Um, I beat him out. And then we're getting ready to jump on the bus to go to the last fourth preseason game. And Norv calls me to his office and says, hey, just so you know, um, and this time, like, Julie, my wife, Julie's already got, like, because the other guy was cut. Uh, she's got, like, movers lined up. We'd found an apartment. We were moving, like, that weekend, like, right after the fourth preseason game. We were moving that weekend because the league, the season starts. You know, it's different than it is now. Well, North calls me, and right before we get on the bus, he said, hey, just as a heads up, um, we may have to release you uh, because – other positions have injuries and have need, and so we may only keep two quarterbacks and bring somebody else back on the practice squad, but you can't be on, like, at the time that the rules were, I couldn't be on practice squad because I'd been on a roster before, which is now is now completely different. But, so it goes just to give you a heads up. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, oh my God, we got movers coming tomorrow. And we had the apartment, I've already, you know, I'm like, so, uh, it, um, you know, I get out the meeting, I run down to Cam's office, um, and I'm just like furious. I'm like, what is going, you know? So, uh, needless to say, I have to call my wife on the way to the airport and tell her, um, she breaks down crying. Her mom is there with her cause they're getting ready. She's helped. They're helping her get everything packed up. Her mom gets on the phone. She starts crying. So then her dad gets on the phone. We're like, can you, so needless to say, we got through that game. There were no like injuries that happened. They did keep me on the roster. So all of that worry was for no reason, but I had to tell her because I was like, we may have to, can't, you may have to just tell the movers, Hey, can you wait 48 hours or something? We got to wait and see. So that's, that's ultimately what we did. That season I was the third, uh, my second year in Washington, I was the third, uh, my third year in Washington. Um, I was competing to be the backup and then the end of June, which would have been right before training camp because training camp used to start like mid-July. Uh, they ended up bringing in Jeff Hostetler, who Hostetler had won a Super Bowl with the Giants. He had been a long time starting quarterback with the Raiders. He was near the end of his career and they wanted the veteran backup. So I was disappointed because 
you know, this was going to be my opportunity to move up the depth chart, maybe get some snaps. Uh, I hadn't really played or I hadn't played at all. Um, so I was upset about it, but I was like, okay, I can, there's one of two things here. I can either pick a guy's brain that has been there, done that. He was a backup. Then he was a starter. Then he won a Super Bowl. Then he was a free agent, went to the Raiders. He's married, got kids. He's had to move them. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that I, um, so I just decided to take that approach instead of being incredibly bitter about it, um, just to kind of pick his brain. And so that whole year, I was the third behind uh, Gus Frott was the starter and, and Jeff was the backup. Um, that whole year, I was the third until the final game of the season. Uh, we're playing the Eagles and Jeff gets, uh, Gus had already gotten hurt, maybe like week 14, 15, something like that. So Jeff had become the starter. I then moved up the chart and became the backup. That last game of the season, Jeff gets the wind knocked out of him. So they put me in for one play. I didn't know if it was going to be one play, but uh, it appeared it was only going to be one play because he got the wind knocked out of him. And uh, Norv um, Norv calls calls like an all-go bomb because he knows I've been there forever. It's like, okay, this kid's going in. This is his first snap in the NFL. I was so hyped up. I overthrew the receiver by at least 10 yards. I mean, I just I just put, you know, a lot of years of frustration. I just But I just sailed it. Uh, but it didn't get intercepted, so I had a pass attempt. Well... The season ends, that's the only play I play. The season ends, the team photographer is like, hey, look at this, I got this photo of you like throwing in a game. I was like, okay, I want a hundred of those. And um, so I printed them off, gave them to all the family and friends. Say, yeah, I actually got in a game, here it is. I said, you know, so I sent it family, friends, whatever, uh, gave it all around. Um, and then the next year came into camp third again, cause Jeff was back and, and Gus was still there. And, and uh, long story short, Jeff ended up getting hurt in, in training camp. So Gus was the starter. Haas was hurt. I went into the opener as the backup. Uh, Gus had a shaky first half. Second half didn't start off any better. So Norv, <clears throat> Norv at that point was really frustrated. And he's in that this time, like for the, the entire time I was in Washington, I was on the headset. I was like a coach um, because we used to have to signal in plays. So I at first was the guy that would signal in the plays. And then all of a sudden you got the coach, the quarterback thing. So I was the guy doing the coach, the quarterback. He would, t Norv would tell me the play and then, and then I would send, and then this time Mike Martz, um, so Cam Cameron was my quarterback coach for two years, and then Mike Martz came in two years as my quarterback coach. And so um, we were all like on the headset, and I was, you know, so it, I really thought I was heading into coaching because of I wasn't playing, and I was having all this valuable experience listening to these guys and how they manage games. And um, all of a sudden, Norv in the opener, here we are in New York. We're down two touchdowns, third quarter, and Norv's like, Trent, go grab your helmet. You're going in. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I, I've got it all on the headset. And I like lean forward because he's at the other end of the sideline. I lean forward and look at him. And, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Go grab your helmet. I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, fortunately for me, I went in uh, that opening drive. I was like four for four, five for five, something like that. We drove right down the field, scored a touchdown. Um, got to within seven. I'd love to sit here and tell you that, it, you know, I huge comeback win and all this stuff but uh, we ended up losing the game but I played really well uh, enough so that uh, the next week Norv named me the starter um, that's good news and bad news the good news is I was starting I mean I went from like third to the starter like uh, it was a really long time if you consider all the stuff that happened um, but you know in training camp two weeks prior I was the third so the bad news is, is we were playing the defending Super Bowl champion San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football in our home opener, and uh, and so of course, it all of a sudden, you know, this is a this is a big deal, and uh, same thing, uh, uh, we stopped the 49ers on the opening drive. We got the ball about our own five yard line. They punted it down in there. We went the length of the field. I threw a touchdown pass. We were up seven nothing, and then I think we lost like. 45 to 7 or 45 to 10. I mean, it was just, they, they just, you know, they were, like I said, they were the defending Super Bowl champions and they, they whooped us. But it was a good, good moment. Good, you know, good, good opening drive. I started 14 games that year and my contract was up. Um, we wanted to stay in Washington. Um, I really like Norv's offense. We liked it in Northern Virginia where we lived. Um, but 
the previous year, Jack Kent Cook, the owner of the team, had passed away. The way it was set up in his will is his foundation owned the team. So that last year in 98, the, the, the team was actually owned by his foundation. The way he had it set up is after a year, they had to sell it. And that's just the way Jack had set it up before he passed. And so because of that, there wasn't really any negotiations going on. Like I started 14 games that year and I, I would have signed for anything. I mean, I was like a year to year contract guy for five seasons. But nothing ever materialized because they had to go, in order to do anything, the GM would have to go to the foundation with a bunch of people that don't know anything about football and say, okay, this is, you know. So nothing nothing was really offered. They, they finally came through with an offer about, I don't know, 48 hours before free agency started. I was like, at this point, I've got to at least see what my market value is. You know, had you offered me this a month or two ago, I would have signed it in a second. So, um but anyway, so I uh, I decided to test free agency. Mike Martz, who I had said had been my quarterback coach for two years, he had just been hired by the Rams. Dick Vermeil um, hired Mike Martz to be the offensive coordinator in St. Louis. Uh, as I've said, I grew up in St. Louis, so there were just a lot of things pulling me in that direction. Um, my family was there. Um, it was more money than what Washington was offering. It was an opportunity for, you know, kind of a fresh start. Um, you know, I'd been a backup and had spent all this time um, behind guys my whole career. So I had a pretty good idea. At that, at that point in time, I was uh, – I would have been turning 29 before the start of the season. So I was in a really good place mentally about how I wanted to manage a team, run a team, you know, be the – how to be the leader in the locker room, the offseason. So it was just – it was just a – one of those perfect opportunities. So we signed with St. Louis. It was tough to move from Virginia, tough to tell Norv that I wasn't signing because I really, really enjoyed him and, and we're still friends to this day uh, because of the opportunity he had given me, signing me off the street. I was just some, I just, I wasn't with anybody. I was, I was on the street. So he gave me an opportunity to get back in the league and then ultimately gave me an opportunity to, to start. I joke with him now. I was like, you gave me an opportunity. I, I, I wish you would have given me an opportunity a couple of years earlier, but, uh, but you know, it, it worked out. Um, because when I got to St. Louis, I was, I was ready to lead and, and to run an offense and to run a team and to help an organization. And so a lot of time was spent that off season, uh, just doing, getting to know teammates, getting to know, uh, you know, Mike came over. So he was busy coaching all the coaches on what off, what his offense was. I was the only one that had come with him from Washington. So I was kind of talking to all the players about, okay, this is the expect. This is how we want to do everything. Um, you know, spent a lot of time. Uh, everything was rolling good. Uh, preseason was rolling along. Team was playing good. You know, the team had, was the losingest team of the 90s. Uh, but there were really high expectations. Uh, we had drafted Torrey Holt. We had traded for Marshall Falk. Uh, we signed Adam Timmerman, uh, who had just won a Super Bowl as an offensive lineman with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, myself came in. Uh, Isaac Bruce had, had been dealing with a hamstring issue the previous year. So he was back healthy. We had a couple of young receivers in Oz Akeem and, and Tony Horn. Uh, Orlando Pace was still the best or one of the best offensive lineman left tackles in the NFL. So there were a lot of great pieces that were in place. It was just a matter of... You know, it was a team that was, um, the defense was good. Uh, the offense had just struggled for a couple of seasons while, while Coach Vermeil was there. So it was it was a team that was hungry. And uh, and so, yeah, we were kind of rolling through the preseason. And then uh, the third preseason game, we were playing the Chargers. And they, um, they were one of the better teams. You know, they ended up, so the year I was cut by the Chargers, they went to the Super Bowl that year. Um, and then... But they were still really – they had Junior Seau, they had Rodney Harrison. I mean, they they, they, they had some really good players. Um, they had really good defense. Um, and so it was just one of those games, though. It was – we just were moving the ball up and down the field. We scored every possession. We just – and they weren't happy about it. And so right before half, uh, San Diego had the ball. Coach Vermeil comes up to me and goes, I think I'm going to put uh, – Kurt Warner was, was my backup. Um, he had been with the team for a couple of seasons. He was the third the year before. They were trying to mold him into being the backup. 
um, behind me that year. And, and he go, coach comes up and he says, Hey, I think I'm going to put Kurt in for the end of this, end of this half. Um, cause like I said, we were, I mean, there was, we were rolling offensively. And then he goes, you know what? Let's wait and see how the defense does. And if we get the ball back in any kind of field position, I forget what the, at this point in time, I forget the conversation, but if we get the ball in this certain field position, I'll put you back in and we'll put the, the keep all the starters in and we'll just, we'll get some work on our two minute offense. And if not, then I'll put Kurt in to hand the ball off a couple times and we'll just go to the half. I was like, that's fine. That's I'll, I'll play as long as you want me to play. That was always my mindset because I was always the third. So preseason was my time to play. So all of a sudden here I'm the starter. I was like, I'll play as long as you want me to play. I'm used to playing in these games. So yeah, that's what he said. We, we kind of came to the agreement. If you get to a certain part of the field, work on two-minute offense. Otherwise, no. Um, so, of course, we get the return to this certain part of the field, and we'll go two-minute offense. So I go in. I don't know, completed two, three passes in a row. And then on that, on that last pass. And Green went down hard and is not getting up. Had my knee um, dove into and, and uh, needless to say, that was the end of my season. If you look at the video, you can see that I just kind of like take my helmet off and I'm just rolling around on the field because I knew I was I knew I was done for the year. And that looks bad. You do not want to ride in pain. You do not want to see this. And I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, it took me, I'm tw you know, I'm 29 years old. It took me this much time to have my team. Um, so that was, it was really more emotional than the pain. Like the pain was awful, but it was really more emotional because it was, I just put so much into this for the last six years because there was the one year I sat out and went to Canada. So it was like the last six years, trying to get to this point and now it's all over because everything everything I'd ever talked to other teammates about like tearing your ACL tearing your MCL tearing your meniscus all those kinds of things I felt like all of that I was like oh I felt that I felt that I felt that I was like so I've just completely destroyed my knee and so it was like all of that coming together in like one moment you know no need to speculate let's just hope Trent Green's okay health-wise and for his and his family's sake, but also for the Rams' sake. So I knew I was done, which was just, I just put my hands on my face and just kind of rolled around a little bit just because I was like, God, I can't, I can't believe this. So going into the locker room, I should say my wife was pregnant. Julie was pregnant with our second, uh, ultimately ended up being second son. Uh, Derek was born about three and a half weeks after that injury. So she came in and I was worried about her going into labor. So she came in the locker room and at this point I had kind of gathered myself um, and I was just like, hey, I'm gonna be fine. Just don't go into labor right now. You still you still have a few weeks to go here. Let's, you know, let's just, you know, I'm gonna be fine, everything will be fine, you know. Um, so I tried putting on a brave face for her at that time um, just because she was so far along pregnancy wise. Uh, but yeah, I, knew, I mean, I knew, I knew I was done. So anyway, the, the test confirmed it, all that stuff confirmed it. Um, ended up having to have surgery in, uh, I had it, um, I ended up having it right before he was born because we were kind of limited time-wise. So, um, yeah. And then Kurt, you know, Kurt went in and, and that was, that was the beginning of the greatest show on turf. And, uh, you know, he ended up winning league MVP, ended up winning the Super Bowl, ended up winning Super Bowl MVP. Uh, everybody wanted to make us out and still tries to make us out like we didn't get along. We didn't, you know, it's like that's the furthest thing from the truth. We're still friends. We still talk. Um, I was happy and supportive for him. Was I, was I mad? Was I disappointed? Was I sad for myself? All those things. But here's a guy that was going through the same thing I went through. It was like, you know, it took me six years to get to that point. Well, he had to go to the arena league. He had to go to NFL Europe. He was just looking for an opportunity. Well, it's the same thing I had just gone through for the last six years, just trying to get a chance. So um, I, I never felt, you know, was I, was I, uh, did I, did I, did I wish it was me? Well, yeah, I wish it was me. I mean, that, that was what I had worked my whole career for. I think every quarterback works their whole career to try and have that type of season, that type of team, you know, um, that support. 
all of that stuff. So uh, that's the disappointing part. Um, I was thrilled for him. I'm still thrilled for him. I did, you know, uh, he ultimately went in the hall of fame. Um, I was there for it when he went in. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that he got that opportunity. Um, you know, what I did is after that season, knowing that he was MVP, Super Bowl, all that stuff, I was brought in to be the starter. So I went to I went to management with the Rams, and I went to uh, at this time Coach Vermeil had retired. Mike Martz was the head coach, and I said, "Listen, I get it." I said, "In every sport thing you've ever heard, oh, you can't lose your job to injury. You can't lose your job to injury. I just lost my job to injury. <laughs> I mean, there." And I went in and told him that. I said, "Listen, I know what the theory is that you can't lose your job to injury. That guy's the MVP of the league. I I understand my role is now going to be backup." I understand that. Do I wish it wasn't the case? I would love to say, hey, it's open competition. We're going into camp. You're going to give us both 50-50 snaps. We'll see who wins. Um, but that's not realistic. Uh, and so so I told him that. I said, listen, I'll go in. I'm, I'm a team guy. I was supportive last year. I'll be supportive this year. All I ask is that at some point in time, if somebody is looking to trade for me, that I get that opportunity. Because I'm now 30, I've now, you know, I've. It's not like I've got that many years left from an from an opportunity. I mean, I, I need to find, you know. So I said, just please tell me that that if somebody gives if if somebody presents something as an opportunity. Well, nobody was going to do that that year because nobody knew my knee. I'd had three surgeries, um, so it was really messed up. I mean, my knee got just destroyed, and so. I had three surgeries before that first season, came back in 2000, backed up Kurt, and then I had to have a, another surgery afterwards um, when that season ended. And then I've since had more. But um, so just trying to to get healthy again. And so fortunately for me, Coach Vermeil, one year of retirement, um, Carl Peterson talks him into coming back and being the head coach of the Chiefs. Coach was there every step of the way of my whole journey in St. Louis and and understood kind of who I was as a person, who I was as a player. And uh, so, yeah, they, they, they made it happen. They, they got the trade done with St. Louis. Um, so prior to the 2001 season, then, then I uh, was traded here to Kansas City. But like I said, I just had my fourth surgery, so there were a lot of question marks. I had to. It was. It was. I mean, it was a good faith agreement um, because my knee was still in recovery when they when they made the trade happen. So, um, so yeah, I came to Kansas City. We were thrilled about getting an opportunity. I was excited about getting an opportunity to to be a starter. All, all the all the things I already talked about. Excited to be a starter. Excited to lead my team. Excited to handle things the way I wanted to handle things. I saw that things had worked out pretty well the previous stop, so I, I wanted to spend as much time with my, you know, the hard part on, on this time is I wasn't able to practice. So in St. Louis, I was there for all the drills, all the off-season OTAs, minicamps, all the all the stuff. Well, in Kansas City, I couldn't do OTAs, couldn't do minicamps. When I got to training camp, I was limited because I was still coming back from that fourth surgery. So it made it a little more, more difficult in terms of like the timing, you know, here, this is what I need from you, but I'm not the one doing it. So then by the time the season rolls around and that, and, and that, um, that first year, I would love to tell you the first year went as well as the first year in St. Louis, but that's not, that's not the case. So it was still just trying to get everybody up to speed. And this is how we want to run the offense. And, you know, Al Saunders had been the uh, wide receiver coach with the Rams in 99 and 2000. And, uh, and he brought back, so he was on Marty's staff for a long time. Uh, I want to say 10 years on Marty's staff. Uh, but Marty, you know, they ran a, a West Coast offense. Our offense was not that. Um, so Al had, had kind of learned the system um, those couple years in St. Louis. And, and that's what we wanted to run. That's what we wanted to run in Kansas City. So, so yeah, just getting that, that offense up to speed and figuring out, you know, and at the same time I signed, uh, they signed uh, a third down back, Priest Holmes. <laughs> he signed at about the same time I got traded for. Uh, you know, we thought we thought you know Tony Richardson was going to be the first and second down back, and that Priest was going to be the third down back. 
and you know we're just gonna make this work and then unbeknownst to us priest is uh priest is priest he, he put up some you know set an nfl record for touchdowns i think it was probably the game against washington which would have been maybe week four that 2001 season um we're like wait we, we have something pretty special here um so t rich was more of the fullback or was the fullback and priest was our every down back um you know we had this this little uh this little punt returner uh running back from from texas a&m that we were trying to convert to wide receiver dante hall turned out to be pretty good uh he was uh we made him into a slot receiver and uh and he was phenomenal as a, as a punt returner and kick returner um so it's just kind of you know you, eddie kennison was out on the street at the time and coach Vermeil had drafted him in st louis so we brought eddie in you know tony gonzalez is tony gonzalez um, he was just steady and, you know, he was the same guy and showed up and just worked his butt off and was always prepared, always ready. Uh, and then we made the trade for Willie Rofe. Uh, he was looking for a fresh start out of New Orleans. Um, Will Shields was, you know, it had been a staple here in, in Kansas City for years and, and was a perennial pro bowler. Um, so, yeah. And then Brian Waters was, you know, he was just kind of getting his start. Um, Casey Wigman they brought in uh, as a free agent that year also. Uh, John Tate was already had already been here. He was drafted by the Chiefs. So it all just kind of pieced together and came together. And, uh, and we ended up having some really good offenses. We, you know, we led the league in offense um, two times. We led the league in, in scoring two times. Um, you know, in the in the five seasons that Coach Vermeil was there, things changed a little bit when Herm. So my I was in Kansas City for six years, so the sixth year was with Herm, and that's that's things kind of changed. Um, even though we kept the same offense, it was just called differently, and it wasn't it wasn't the same. Uh, but the five years, you know, that we had that run, um, you know, we were we were as good as any offense in the NFL. And like I said, we led the league in scoring two of those years. We led the league in total offense two of those years. Priest set an NFL record for rushing touchdowns in a season. Um, three of the guys are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Will Shields, Tony Gonzalez, and, and Willie Rofe. Uh, I think Dante now makes six guys that are in the Chiefs Hall of Fame from that offense. Um, so we, yeah, we did some good things. talk about the 2003 season we finished 13 and 3 that year we started off the season 9 and 0 we had some pretty memorable games Dante had some phenomenal games uh, during that stretch Gonzalez Kennison offensive line just I mean we were we were just rolling but I try and remind people I said you got to go back to 2002 uh, people don't remember it because we we're 8 and 8 and you don't remember 8 and 8 seasons we led the NFL in scoring and I said, we may have been better in, in 2002 because I think that was the year. 2002 was the year that Priest set the, the, the touchdown record. And so I was like, you know, that gets forgotten because of, you know, things are remembered because of postseason success. And we didn't have any. You know, we made the playoffs twice. Um, one year we won with Coach Vermeil, his last year. We won 10 games. We went 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean – we had some success, but unless you have postseason success, it's it's a lot of it is uh, is forgotten about. So, uh, but I'm proud of the guys. I'm proud of you know um, my teammates, and you know I've enjoyed going to Canton and being there to see my guys uh, get into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, you, you, you like to think that you had a small part in that, that you had you know some some level, you know, and, that, and that, I understand that. I think. Um, you know, watching Kurt go in, you know, he made the comment about, oh, if you don't get hurt, you know, you know, you could you could very easily be up here. And you, and you think about that, right? I'm at I'm at the age where you think about those kinds of things, and it's like, okay, uh, I know how special that is to to get to that point. But um, now having numerous teammates from the different teams I was with that have gone in and to be there for it, um, you know, just it just. Not that you need any kind of validation, but it just it means a lot to see to see those guys get those opportunities and get that success. And then, as I said, with the Chiefs Hall of Fame, um, that huddle was pretty good if there's that many guys in the ring. Unfortunately, 
After the 06 season, uh, I missed eight games that year. I had a really bad concussion uh, in the opener against Cincinnati. So when that season ended, I ended up coming back in time, uh, had a big game against, uh, or we as a team had a big game against Jacksonville uh, the final week of the season to get into the playoffs. Uh, And then we kind of changed up our game plan a little bit with the Colts in the first round of the playoffs and, and, and lost that game. So after that, uh, I knew they were looking to go in a different direction. They had drafted Brody Croyle um, the year before, and um, and I just yeah. So I ended I ended up getting traded to the to the Dolphins. Uh, unfortunately for me, I got another concussion with the Dolphins. Um, they put me on IR immediately. Uh, I was not happy about that uh, because. The concussion I'd had in Kansas City, I missed eight games, and and I understand why they did that, uh, just because based on like the neurologist, neurosurgeon, neuropsychologist, all that kind of stuff, I, I saw way too many doctors. Uh, for a business major to know all the brain stuff that I know, it's not, just like I know all this stuff about knees now, and I, I know a lot about knees, I know a lot about brains uh, for a business guy, but... Um, yeah, so when I got to Miami, I got the concussion. They put me on IR. Uh, I now thank all of them, the head coach, the GM, the, anytime or this, any of the medical person. I'm like, I was mad at you guys, and I yelled at you guys. I said, but now that we know what we know, this was the best thing for me. And uh, and then I came back. Uh, so at the end of that season, uh, I went and saw three of the more reputable neurosurgeons, neuropsychologists, neurologists around the country uh, and got – Good. So at this time, I still wanted to keep playing. I was because I'm crazy. Uh, I wanted to keep playing because it's what I did. I mean, my whole life, I you know, and I I had always done it. And so I had the conversation with Julie again, and she said, "Listen, if you if you want to keep playing and you get medical clearance, that's who you have to trust." And so I didn't just get one medical clearance. I got three different doctors that gave me medical clearance. And I'm like, okay, I'm, you know. Um, I'm going to make sure this is, you know, because at that point we had three kids. It's like, I don't want to not be here for you guys and for them and for future and all that other stuff. So once I got the three different doctors to, to sign off on it, then then I ended up signing back, uh, signed back with St. Louis to be the backup this time and uh, spent one year there. And then it was just kind of, you know, I had a chance. We could have, I could have done the veteran backup thing and like bounced around and been that, been that guy for two, three, four, however many years it would have been at that point. You know, at that point I was 38, uh, which at that time, you know, now everybody's playing into their forties. The rules have changed. That's why guys are playing in their forties. But uh, so 38, I had, I had 15 years in the league. I was healthy. Uh, so I was kind of picking my own time to stop. My oldest was about to start high school. So it just seemed like a good time to stop. It was like, okay, I'm able to pick it on my own terms. I'm able to walk away. Um, you know, so it just seemed like the right time. 15, for whatever reason, 15 sounded like a good number. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, so I just decided, you know, after the 08 season, we were uh, – my son was playing a Little League baseball tournament in Cooperstown, New York. And we were, um, this was in July, and we were, uh, it was either June or July, June or July. But we were, we were in Cooperstown, New York, and, and we were leaving, and we were driving from Cooperstown to Niagara Falls, because we'd never seen it. And we're like, well, let's take the kids to Niagara Falls. and. And we're in the middle of the drive, and I turn the radio down, and I was like, everybody take your head, you know, go watching the movies and whatever they're doing in the car. It's like, okay, everybody listen. I go, Dad's retiring. And they're all like, what? And I, I, for whatever reason, driving through the woods of upstate New York um, with my family, and I'm like, you know what? This is is just the time. I'm like, I'm I'm done. So... um, and of course, they were all like, what? what are, you, are you sure? It's like, yeah, I'm tired of moving. I'm, I'm content. I, you know, I feel good. Uh, it's just time. It's just, you know, it's just time. And then got into broadcasting. So, uh, 
This is year 15, which is kind of weird, playing 15 years, and now this is year 15 broadcasting. Uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I didn't know anything about broadcasting. I know that I had done a couple of, while I was playing, I had done a couple of stints um, with CBS, with NFL Network, with ESPN. I, you know, I'd done some different things as an, as an active player. And so it kind of felt like something I wanted to do. I just didn't know. Do I want to do radio? Do I want to do studio? Do I want to do games? Um, so probably a mistake on my part is I didn't hire an agent. I just called people cause I had met all these different people over the years and they all gave me business cards and phone numbers and that I just started calling them like, Hey, what do you think this, you think this is something I could do? What do you think? You think this is something I could do? So I had a bunch of different meetings just kind of on my own. So I signed with NFL network. I signed with Fox. So I did my first year. I did like, well, first the Rams, I did the Rams preseason games. And then I signed with Fox to do like six, seven games. And then NFL Network, I was doing studio work. Um, then my second year, at that time, my kids were at an age. I didn't really like doing the games on TV because I was missing all their stuff on the weekends. So I'd be in L.A. during the week doing the studio stuff. Then I'd fly and go do games. And then I was like, I'm missing like the kids growing up. And my wife's like, you're gone more than you were as a player. I mean, this is crazy. So I ended up um, that second year, I just did NFL Network. Um, and then also in that second year is when the NFL started doing Thursday night games. So then I started doing radio for Westwood One, doing the Thursday night games. Well, that first year, there was only like five or six games. So I did that. Well, then I didn't, that second year doing doing studio, I liked it, but my wife was like, okay, if this is what you want to do, then let's move to LA and you know, you can be right there and be by the studio instead of commuting. And, and, and I was, I wanted to raise the kids here. She was wanted to raise the kids here also, but she was like, we need to be together because you're just gone too much. And, and she was right. 100% she was right. And I said, well, then I'm, I'll just stop the NFL network thing and I'll just do the radio on Thursdays. Cause then I'm home every weekend. I get to see the kids games and all this stuff. Uh, and then I was fortunate that, uh, um, so now this will be my 10th year at CBS. Um, Dan Dudorf retired uh, 10 years ago, and they reached out and said, you know, we like the work you've been doing on, on uh, radio with Ian Eagle, who Ian's one of CBS's guys, and we like what you've been doing there and want to bring you in. And um, so we were able to balance it out because my boys were playing high school football. I was like, so normally you go in on a Friday. So I was able to, they were able to, and willing to certain Fridays, I wouldn't go in. I would watch them play. And then on Saturday mornings, I would fly to wherever I had, you know, so this was all pre zooms and all of that stuff that nobody really knew about. It was more like conference calls and that thing. So, um, so yeah, so we just made it work and I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I work with Greg Gumbel as my play-by-play guy. My first six years, uh, in the last four, I've been with Kevin Harlan, uh, which I love both of them. Both of them are incredible announcers. I think I think they're both Hall of Fame announcers. I think they, you know, they've done everything: um, college, pro, football, basketball. In Greg's case, baseball. He's done World Series. He's done Olympics. Um, you know. Uh, so yeah, so I've just really enjoyed it. So, you know, 15 years playing 15 years in the broadcast booth. It's just kind of, it's kind of crazy that it's, that it's gotten to that point, but, uh, but having a lot of fun with it keeps me close to the game, allows me to, you know, be the dad and the husband that I want to be just cause it, it provides me that kind of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's been a, it's been a good journey. far as my story and my journey and whether you're an NFL fan or a broadcast fan or fan of the Chiefs or fan of the Rams or you know whatever whatever I just um, just work at it if you love something and have a passion for it uh, work for it you know it's um, things aren't always going to go smooth things aren't always going to go your way thing that I that and I try and be and selfishly selfishly I, tr- I try being a great example for my kids and in the process I think I've been a good example for 
other kids or other people that have aspirations to do something that maybe people have said that you can't do. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm just really a, a firm believer and, and I, my kids are, my kids would be shaking their head listening to me say this, but I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in setting goals at a very early age, like set some like wow goals and then set some goals that are like hurdles along the way and then set some goals that you want to do in the next year. It's like, I'm big into that. Um, almost to a point that my kids, like, I was like, okay, write them down. Like if you, you know, write them down on a sheet of paper and stick them on your mirror. So every morning you get to see them, Hey, this is what I'm, you know, so you can remind yourself and you know, you got to be the one to look yourself in the mirror. Um, so the, the, the poem man in the glass, uh, if you're not familiar with it, look it up, <laughs> uh, man in the glass, you know, you ultimately, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror every night and it's like, okay, did I do what I'm supposed to do today? Did I, did I put as much effort in as I could have put in today? Was, did I treat people the right way? Um, you know, you ultimately have to look yourself in the face every night before you go to bed. So I, I, that's, my kids know that poem. <laughs> I have it written down. Um, so I think that's that's the thing I just want people to take away from this is uh, just the, the work ethic part of it. If you have a passion for something, you love something, just continue to work at it and go for it and you know, try and be a good person along the way. Life's too short. <laughs> so, so why not, right? Why not be... Uh, why not give it everything you got and, and you know try and try and do some good things along the way as well.